Hey, welcome to the Pastor Standing Firm podcast where we are talking about all things truth and deception and lies and reality and how we can lead the church forward and grow the body of Christ so that we are truly ready for the return of Jesus. And I've got a great guest with us today. His name is Ken Fielding. He is the senior pastor at Zion Church in Zion, Illinois. He's been a big encouragement to me over the past year, and I want to introduce him to you. Pastor Ken, it's great to have you. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, and I'm still a little nervous. Still a little nervous. You have no reason to be nervous. You are just a legend, but before we get into really the ways that you've been inspirational to me personally, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Are you married? you have any kids, grandkids? Tell us a little bit about you. Well, I'm married to Donna. been married 38 years, Uh, three girls, three daughters, all married, all out of the house. Uh, four grandkids, two of which are twins, which is kind of fun. Uh, we had all of them up at Christmas. It was, <laughs> it was crazy. I bet we had a lot of fun though. Uh, and my my one daughter is down here in this area. She owns the uh, the beauty salon down here. Oh wow! Um, right here in Bolingbrook. In fact, I'm gonna do lunch with her in a little bit. Um, but uh, I've been in ministry since full time since 1990. Okay, so got some gray hair to prove it. And uh, it's been a it's been a journey. Pastored uh, for my first well, I was at Christian Assembly um, right out of Bible school out of North Central in '90. I was there for five years, and then I took a small church southeast Ohio. Uh, I won't give you the name because nobody knows where it's at. And uh, I was there for ten years, and then they invited me back to, to Christian Assembly, and I've been there seventeen. So we've got a little bit of history up there. That's great. That's great. Zion Christian Assembly in Zion, Illinois. Yep. And you are just making a big impact there uh, for the kingdom of God. Very, very exciting. So now tell us a little bit about how pastoring has been different for you for the last two years. Since since March of 2020, when everything you know kind of right. went down, uh, how's it been different for you? It has been insane. That's a good way to put um, it. You know, for the... Well, for first 15 years, you know, uh, every church has issues. Every church has problems. You're used to dealing with stuff. I mean, it's just the way it is. That's pastoring. But I have never seen so many problems at one time for such an extended period of time. That's a good perspective. Um, it's just it's just crazy. And, uh, I, you know, guys ask me that, you know, and I say, how you doing? What is, what's it like? And, and uh, my answer for the last two years has been it feels like I'm shooting at a moving target. You, the, the goalposts are being moved constantly. Things are shifting and changing. You don't know how to keep up. You, you just really don't know what to do. Yeah. And uh, so you, you find yourself, you know, scrambling, you know, and, and I, I, I would say that uh, I, I think we've done pretty well over the last couple of years, but, and I'm going to say it's no credit to, to, the, to me because I, I feel like I'm grasping at straws. Uh, I can only say that God somehow put his hand on us and, and kept us going and uh, help us in to stay in the right direction because it, it's been tough. Yeah. It's been tough. Wow. You said it's been crazy. I think that that's, that's very true. It has been. It just felt very chaotic. And how have you kind of grounded yourself during that crazy time personally as a spiritual person yourself, as a Christian yourself? Well, you know, I've, I've always spent considerable time in the Word. I, you know... I, there's, there's guys out there, I'm sure, that have much more dynamic and uh, great prayer lives, but for me, it's it's always been the Word. And, 
I, I just dig that word, and, I, and that's that's what, that's the only thing I know to do. Yeah, it's the only thing that's not changing. That's right. And, and so I, I just I just anchor to that truth, you know. And uh, you know, over the last couple of years, and I know this is going to lead into where you're headed with this, but my my theme verse has been forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Mm. And as I as I've studied that, that verse has just become so real, and has been really kept been the the one thing that's kept us on target. Uh, I, I didn't know what we were doing. Who knew what we were dealing with when, when COVID and all these things started coming out, shutdowns, lockdowns, and vaccines and masks. I mean, who, who's, who's up for that? Who knows yeah. what to do with all that? And then, and then we're trying to do, uh, like we're doing today, you know, get on get online and do different stuff. Nobody knows. Yeah. I, di- I didn't know. and uh, But I knew we had to be together. And uh, that's that was always been our target, and that's how we, that's how we got to where we are. So now I'm from Georgia, and you just mentioned all these lockdowns and all these masks and all these kind of things. In Georgia, things are much different than they are in Illinois. And uh, being here in Illinois throughout this, you know, initially, you know, looking at our governor and some of the things that he was doing, you know, I was really kind of unaware of maybe some of the things behind the scenes that we're trying to. So I, I was kind of going with it and just kind of flown with it. And then I was on a Zoom call with our uh, superintendent of the Assemblies of God here in Illinois. And he had mentioned that there is a church in Zion, Illinois, that's an Assemblies of God church that I just want you to be aware uh, that they are bringing legal action against the governor and the stay-at-home order when it applies to churches in particular. And he said, we don't have a stance, whether for it or against it. We're just letting you know, as fellow ministers here in Illinois, that you can expect to maybe hear that there's an Assemblies of God church that is uh, bringing legal action against the governor. And it was it was you. And and so I, I just was thrilled to be able to get a, a phone call with you the first time sure. because, you know, I saw that, that there were some things that were, you know, very overreaching from the government into places of worship. And uh, when I heard that I could get a phone call with you, I was very eager just to hear your story. And so if you would, just kind of tell us kind of what took place and how you got to where you were. And, and uh, we'll get to what the ramifications of it, like in churches like me, were later. But just go ahead and tell us what, what went down with you. Yeah, it was, uh, it was crazy. I mean, it, it really was. You know, when, when, the, when the, the COVID thing first hit and the governor, you know, shut everything down, you know, we, we just wanted to be good citizens, you know, and, and nobody knew what we were dealing with. And so when it came two weeks to flatten the curve, you know, e- even then I was thinking to myself, this is, this really isn't cool um, that, that they can, that the government would, would shut down a church. But I thought, you know, we, we, two weeks, if, if we had a bad snowstorm, we'd shut down. Yeah. So, okay, let's, let's play ball with these guys and, and see how it goes. But, but even then, I was thinking to myself, you know, what, what I was seeing, not on CNN, but what I was, the, the data that I was trying to keep up with and study, and I was realizing early that what was being presented wasn't the truth. Yeah. But, again, I just, no one knew. I didn't know. And, and, and we wanted to cooperate. So we cooperated those first two weeks, thinking that we would reopen on Easter Sunday. And, you know, what a great day to reopen, right? <laughs> And uh, didn't happen. It went from two weeks to forever. I, ca- I can't remember the exact number yep. of whatever it was. So we just got on. We 
my, my youth pastor, Cody Gaz, and, and some other guys at the church, we, we got busy, and we set up out in the parking lot for three weeks. Yeah. We had Easter Sunday, wind blowing, uh, Easter lilies falling off the stage, <laughs> you know, and uh, we, we did that for three weeks. And, uh, and with, again, uh, there were some people in the community that wasn't really, I, I got some flack for it because, mm-hmm. oh, you know, you're not socially distancing, your cars are parked too close and all this other kind of stuff. And I'm like, I just said, forget it. I'm not even listening to you people. We're going to, we're going to have church one way or another. Yeah. And so we were in the parking lot and, uh, it was, it was, it was fun. It was interesting for a while, but then on the last Sunday, uh, of April, uh, was it the last time we did that for three? I don't know, whatever, however the calendar fell on that. We had rain and, um, and we just, there's no way we could bring the equipment outside and do all that. And so I sent out a text blast to our people. Hey, listen, you do what you want, but we're having church, (laughs) you know? Um, and we'll also be online. We'll be, you know, Facebook live thing and which whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and we, we had about, half of our church show up for church. Yeah. And then, and then things got, things got rolling. Rich Falconet up in uh, Gray's Lake and uh, Ken Langley at uh, Christ Community there in Zion. Uh, Aaron over in uh, Mundelein. Um, we, Rich made a phone call to, to a set of attorneys out of Lake Forest and they were interested in talking to us. So we all went down there and we, here, I, I mean, I'm way out of my element. You got to understand, I'm, I'm a country boy. This is not, yeah, <laughs> you know, lawyers and my goodness, I am so far out of my league, you know. But I'm sitting there in this office, you know, plush, leather seats, big, big, big table and everything, and nervous as I'll get out. And um, these these high priced lawyers, they start talking to us and they want our story, and and I shared mine, and 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 they. You know, they kind of got over into a little huddle with themselves, and they came back, and they looked at me, and they said, uh, Pastor Fielding, uh, we want you to be on the lawsuit. And I'm like, I thought we were doing this together. And they said, no, no, we want you to be the lead on this because your church has the best uh, case against the governor because uh, the way the way he was doing things, you know, grocery stores and everything could be open, food pantries could be open. Our church has a food pantry. Yeah. And, and so we were able to to serve our community still with our food pantry on a weekly basis. But now they're telling us you can go to church, you can go to church to get food, but you can go to but you can't go to church to get spiritually wow. fed. Wow! And so that was the argument. Yeah. And uh, so on. I'll, I'll never forget it. I, I was sitting there and, and and I'm listening to these guys talk, and I'm thinking to myself, man, what what does this really mean? How much money is this going to cost me? How much time and and everything else? And uh, I, I was getting a little concerned about it. <laughs> and uh, then they made it worse. They, they, they told me, you know, I said, well, what should I expect from outside? Yeah. And they started talking about media. They're talking about, you know, if the governor wants to make life hard on you, this, this, this. And I'm thinking, are we really ready for this? Yeah. You know? And I, and I told them, I said, you know, my, my initial answer to you is, yeah, I think I'm on board. I was scared to death. But... Um, let me talk to my board. That's good. And and one of the attorneys came up and, and we met and we sat and we sat in our conference room there and 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 our board unanimously said, you know what, let's do this. And I thought, man, thank you, Jesus. You know, because it was <laughs> it, it's a big choice. Yeah, when you're standing of, like that, you don't want to stand alone. Right. I mean, and you know, so it was they 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 actually had another attorney 
make contact with me, prepping me for media interviews and all this other kind of stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, what in the world are we doing here? You know, <laughs> and it was just scary. I, I just want to pastor. Yes. You know, I, I just want to shepherd my flock. Just leave me alone. That's all yeah. I want to do. But here we go. Right. And uh, so at the end of the day, the other guys did get on to, to the lawsuit, but as, as I forget the co-defendants yeah, or co-plaintiffs. Yeah. It was, I forget. Ah, uh, that's not the right word, but I can't remember what <laughs> all the legalese. Yeah. yeah. I'm out of my league. But uh, anyway, they wound up on the lawsuit and the goal was to have a legal standing to open on Pentecost Sunday. And uh, the papers were served on Wednesday leading up to Pentecost, which was that year, ah, where'd it go? Which was the 31st of May. So, so the, 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 the governor received the papers on, I'm sorry, Thursday, the 28th okay. of May. And, uh, at nine o'clock at 11 o'clock, his attorneys contacted ours. Same day. Same day. Wow. And, um, it was, it was pretty wild. And, and, Basically, what happened was they said, "What's it going to take for you guys to pull this suit off?" We we don't want. They knew they were. We knew they knew we had them. Yeah. The the Constitution they is very clear. They couldn't go anywhere with it. And uh, well, and, and my response was, "No restrictions, none." And they and they they came back and said, "Well, we got to have something," and I said, "No, no restrictions," and they said, "Well, can we make recommendations?" Through the health department. I said, non-binding recommendations, yes. Restrictions, no. We're a church. We're going to meet as a church, and nobody's going to tell us otherwise. Yeah. And, and they, they went for it. That's what they did. That's what they wound up doing. So as of May 28th, 2020, the church was free to meet without restrictions, without hindrance, without limitation. And, uh, and that's, that's the way they went. Um, the interesting thing is, is that, the governor later that day when he was getting asked, oh, it was crazy too because we had we had helicopters from Channel 9 up flying over the church and everything. <laughs> I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was a challenge. But uh, the governor in an interview, uh, I think uh, the guy from Channel 9, uh, he got wind of this, and he started asking the governor about it. And, and you know, Governor Prisker just absolutely lied. He said, oh, there's never been restrictions against the church. That pastor up in Zion, he just was over, overreacting. We just had to reassure him that everything was okay. Mm. And I thought to myself, lying, absolutely wow. lying. And uh, so the truth is we're free. Amen. And uh, without restriction, without hindrance, without limitation. And uh, I want to thank, I want to thank uh, our attorney, uh, uh, Martin uh, Whitaker. He's with the... Uh, uh, Thomas Moore Society. Uh, he was he was Johnny on the spot for us, and uh, really helped us. Uh, he was the he was the he was the main go to guy on that. And uh, I would encourage uh, just for any pastors that's listening, if you find yourself in a legal batter, battle, the Thomas Moore Society is a great great set of people. Uh, and if you pay attention to what's happening around the country, they're representing multiple churches right now, and uh, they're just just a good group of guys to work with. Um, but we're free. That's right. And uh, the, 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 I don't know if this is good or bad, but that was the same week that George Floyd was killed. Oh, wow. And so all the attention went to Minneapolis. That's right. And 
between that and I think the governor's people shut down getting this word out that churches, because I still run into pastors that are still thinking that we're, you know, got, got this, 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 that we got, we don't. Yeah. We don't. Well, I want to encourage you because you are a pastor that is standing firm and your stand has helped many others, including me and our church. And when we were reopening on Father's Day of 2020, so we just, just, just a few weeks mm-hmm. later, uh, June the 21st to be exact, um, we found that, well, okay, there's no, there's no restrictions on us. But there is some recommendations from the health department, so let's review those recommendations right. and let's see how we can fit within those guidelines to give our people a peace of mind as we were coming back. Right. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty, obviously, and I would have been, now that I see how much they've taken, I would have clearly been a little bit harder on a stand uh, rather than just kind of going with the recommendations the way that we did. Uh, but... Um, I just want to commend you and encourage you to say thank you for doing what you did because what you did affected us and, and hundreds, thousands of other churches in Illinois. And, and it set precedent for, you know, where the government's role is in saying a church can or cannot do that. Because you know, as well as I do, that we, we obey one authority, and that is the Word of God. Yes. We obey the Word of God, and that is our sole authority. And I believe that when churches begin to submit to a earthly government and leaders of churches willingly submit to an earthly government, and we're going to find ourselves in last day events where we are powerless to take a stand any longer. And so that's why in these days we must stand and we must stand firm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it wasn't too long ago I preached a message about, uh, man, what was that guy's name? He stood in the bean field, uh, one of David's mighty men. Yes. His name. It's escaping me right now. Yes. But uh, I remember in that message you know, asking the question, why would you defend a bean field? I mean, come on, <laughs> beans. You know, I mean, it's beans. And and I think in that message, though, um, the man understood that if he continued running and fleeing from the Philistines, that that ground would be lost, and to get it back would be, would be much more difficult. And so he took this. He chose to take that stand then and there in what was seemingly a useless piece of ground. That's good. And uh, that's where we are as a church. That is so good. We, we have to. We have to. It's in some ways. I think we've already missed the opportunity, and so we're going to have to recover some ground. But you know, we we must take a stand, even if it's a bean field. Other people will look at it and say, "Well, that's nothing." But uh, we're, we're called. We're called to lead. Yes. And, and we need to have uh, vision to understand where this thing's headed. That's good. And, and if we start giving up even the smallest freedoms and, and, and allow, like you were saying, government intrusion in, in, in key areas, we're going to have a problem. That's right. And we're going to find ourselves in, in, in a deep hole. You know, one of the things that it just bothers me, and, I, and Pastor, if you've got this on your billboard and you're the, and you're the one who put it out there, I don't know who's going to hear this. But it just bugs me to death. Say it. And it was it was worship safely here. Mm. You know, referring to how oh, we've got social distancing and you know all this COVID protocol in place to and I'm thinking to myself, look, 
safety is not a prerequisite to worship. Say it. You know, it, it just isn't. Tell it to Daniel. I mean, Daniel, <laughs> he did as was his custom. Absolutely. And see, that's why I love what Daniel did. It was his custom. Right. Our custom has been to gather on Sundays. Our custom has been to gather on Wednesdays. Our custom has been gathering small groups. We're just worshiping as is our custom. Absolutely. It's not like we're doing something extraordinary to fight against something. We're just doing what we do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, when I think... About the like our our Chinese brothers and sisters. Yeah, I mean they, they huddle in warehouses and basements in the in the middle of the night to fellowship, yeah. to assemble yeah. and worship together, and they're at the risk of their lives. And here we are, we're we're, we're putting safety and protocol ahead of the fellowship. Yeah, and I, in my mind that it just does not compute at yeah. all. And uh, that has been a strong motivation for us in, in what we've been doing. And, and, I, and let, let, me say, let me say this, too, and I, I'm not trying to be offensive to anybody out there. I'm really not. Because, you know, like I said, I, I feel like in a lot of ways I'm a blind squirrel finding a nut. Yeah. You know, it's just like God help us, help us to do the right yeah. thing. Because who knows, right? That's right. And, uh, but the, the people that are so caught up in, the, in this fear. Yeah. Your people that are staying home, those people that have chosen to to stay home and watch you online, and those people that have just vacated the church and out, out of fear. Now, some of it's legit. I mean, I'm not questioning that. You know, my, my dad, uh, he died of pancreatic cancer in uh, eight, uh, August of 2020. You know, I understand those fears. You know, certainly a man with cancer has a greatly weakened immune system. I get it. Okay, yes. and and. People need to make some choices and, and, and show some wisdom and do some homework. I mean, I'm in favor of all that. But a lot of this has been a spirit of fear and, and intimidation that, that people have used to try to really quench the church. Yeah. And, 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 and I would just love to say to my pastor friends out there, look, the people that have gone, they're not coming back. Mm. Don't worry about them. Yeah. I think right now what the church needs to do, one of the questions I see on here is, what do you, what's, your, what's your advice for the next? My advice is this. Those that have gone, forget about them. Yeah. Quit trying to get them back and, 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 and get very aggressive evangelistically. Yes. Because time is short. Yes. Really short. And there needs to be a great thrust from the body of Christ, from the church, uh, to, to see people coming to Christ. Yes. I mean, I believe it's a great opportunity right yes. now. I mean, I see it all around us. People, just just go to the mall. Just go to Walmart, wherever it is that you are, and start looking in people's eyes. They're dead. Wow. They're scared. They're dead. They're afraid. They're they're looking for something they don't know up from down. And, and they're just... They've been trying to trust the government, and the government keeps taking advantage of them. Yeah, it's 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 just crazy. It's just yeah. crazy, and and we have the answer. We have the answer. That's right. And 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 as I've watched the comparison between our church and I'm going to say we 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 stumbled into what honestly. Yeah. Stumbled with Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I that's that's the answer. It's truly well, the that's answer. That's what that's what being led by the Holy Spirit many times feels like is stumbling. Yeah, absolutely, and that's really what we felt like. That's what we felt like for the last two years. And uh, so we, we, we were stumbling on these things, and but we kept moving. That's great. You know, we, we just kept saying, okay, God, we're, we're, we're supposed to be together. We're supposed to be worshiping. And we just kept, just kept you know, plowing through things. What's next? And, uh, but then I, then I look at churches that, 
again, pastor, I'm not trying to be offensive, but but when I look at churches that that went through long periods of shutdown, churches that have really bought into uh, all this, is is that church is 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 bound by a spirit of fear, mm. and and they can't get going, mm. and and but you know when you take a bold stand, God God honors that. Yes. And and he'll help you. He'll he'll give you what you need in the moment. And, and he'll uh, convict you if you're wrong. Absolutely. Like if you try to take a stand on something that you felt in faith that you were doing for God, do you think he just lets you just kind of stand out there and say, "Oh, yeah. I know that the Holy Spirit would tell us." Oh, certainly. There's there's a lot of lessons to be learned. You know, and on top of that, you know, uh you know, we're reading about churches closing and, and churches shutting down. We, we were able to plant a congregation to the north of us. That's awesome. We, just, we had our first Sunday service a couple of weeks ago, and uh, about two months ago. And, it, it, you know, on, on get this, on Christmas Sunday, their attendance surpassed ours. Wow. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. I, I, I got to admit, there's a little bit of jealousy there. <laughs> but I was always, when we started this thing, I was praying that that church would surpass us. Yes. And, and they may. Wow. You know, and I'm like, oh, God, this is this is goofy, you know, <laughs> and uh, so it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's been challenging, um, but in the middle of it, though, we have to we have to stay anchored to His Word. Like I, like I said earlier, that's that's the only thing really. That's the only thing. That's the only guide that I re- felt like I had. It really is. It really is. So, really, I want to kind of wrap up with this question right here. Looking at the current state of the world and your local area, how prepared do you feel to lead your congregation in truth as a spiritual community in an age of deception that seems unprecedented? And that's my opinion. In what ways do you think that other pastors can benefit from your level of preparation? So, how prepared do you feel? And then how do you feel like your preparation might help other pastors? This might be a little bunny trail, but I think it'll, hopefully I can bring it back. Um, back in 2017, um, 19, whatever that was, we, we went on a missions trip to Haiti. We hooked up with uh, Malcolm Henderson, great ministry down there in, um, in Haiti. And, you know, I'd never been there. And, you know, you hear all the stories about the, the witchcraft and the voodoo and everything. And I thought, man, what are we getting into? And our first day there, uh, we were invited to, to join them in a baptism service. So Malcolm and I were, were in the middle of the Caribbean uh, in, in February, I think it was, and uh, we're baptizing. It was, it was really cool. And uh, right out of the gate, first person to come out to us, um, just had just get come. He was a a, a a voodoo priest, and he was just coming out of it, and uh, he give it, had given his life to Christ, destroyed all of his idols and all that. And now he was following Christ in baptism. He gets about five feet, you to me, and he starts manifesting a demon. And I was like, "Oh boy, what are we doing?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm like, are, "Are we up for this?" Yes. You know, and uh, so you know, we we just began to pray. And and deliverance came to that man. You should, wow. seen, you should have seen him the next day. But stories like that happened all week long as we were ministering, things like that. And I, and I thought to myself, in the middle of that trip, I was saying to my, I, I began to recognize that God has already invested in us everything we need to face any battle that we face. That's right. And But we don't exercise it. You oh. know, I had the opportunity in Haiti to do a little, you know, practice, if you will. And, uh, 
And, and, and the same these last couple years. You know, if you will lean on the Holy Spirit and you will, and, and you will, I, I'm not going to say you won't be afraid because believe me, there's been many times that I was afraid. And, and are we doing the right thing? Are we going the right direction? What's next? You know, you ask all those questions, but somehow in the middle of it, God has a way of directing you and guiding you. And, and when you, and then when you, then when you get to look back, you realize, man, God was so good. Yeah. You know, we did, we got through it and we did more than get through it. We're, we're doing better. Yeah. And that's, that's where it's at. That's good. That's good. Well, Pastor Ken, it has been an honor to have you here. What I'd love for you to do is just pray for all of our pastors, our yeah. spiritual leaders that are listening now, some that may have even felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit by some of the things that you shared, that they would have the courage to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, even in the face of yeah. maybe people who will stand against them. And just pray that they'll be obedient so that we can ultimately bring honor to Jesus. Yeah. Father, it's it's a humbling thought to be sitting here and uh, praying for pastors and leaders. Lord, I I look at them as my brothers, and many of them are my mentors, and, and above me have more experience and much more ability and talent. And uh, I, I I thank you for them, Lord. And yet we find ourselves in a, in an age that is just so uh, difficult to know what our next steps are. But God, I pray that you would come on us, Lord, with a spirit of boldness and, and conviction, God, that we would be able to lead our flocks in, in this, in really, these unprecedented times. And, and Lord, we anticipate that uh, things are not really going to get better. Uh, they're, it seems like they're going to get worse. But God, we have a great opportunity, and and your strength is with us. Lord, I pray for my brothers. Lord, I, I can just imagine that some of the pastors uh, are, are are dealing with people within their churches that are bound by fear and have become uh, even angry uh, over the over the idea of meeting together and and getting things moving again. And, and God, I pray that you give these men uh, wisdom and and courage. And, and the conviction of heart to, to do the right thing. Lord, in the days to come, there's not one of us that's going to be able to, uh, God, we're always going to need you. We're going to need you more than ever. And uh, our, our past experiences are not going to uh, give us the wisdom to know how to navigate these waters. But, Lord, I do believe that your Holy Spirit will guide us and help us. And, Lord, I'm just asking for that, not just for, uh, I'm not above these guys, Lord. I, I desperately need it. We need your help on a daily basis. Um, help my help my pastors, Lord. Help my friends. Help our churches, God. Help your church to to really to to grow and to flourish. To be light, Lord. What an opportunity to be light in such an incredibly dark situation. And uh, God, I pray that there would be many many souls come to you. God, show us how to do it. Things are different but show us how to reach our communities. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, that was encouraging. Thank you, Pastor Ken, for spending some time with us. Pray your blessing over your church and congregation, especially this Sunday, that there would just be a just a fresh wind that blows in because Amen. you've been pouring out. So thanks so much for being with us, and we'll see you next time.